Hail Dictinus, grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Turn your wounds into wisdom. Welcome to Trials and Tribulations, the 253rd episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of Oprah Winfrey. Our opening and closing music is credited as Frostwaltz Alternate by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You may call me Ode. Mary Meet, my name is Gwyn, Ode's mother, and this is the week of Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, correct. It is it Turkey is, Week. It is the week of Turkey. Feastings. Yeah. We're not super Thanksgiving people here. No, not really. We and do also, eat a nice meal. Yeah. And also there's a whole colonizer legacy yeah, there that yeah. I just don't have the energy to unpack. But yeah. look it up. Yep. <laughs> it yep. should Like, you should know by now, probably. Like yep. For me, honestly, this... This Thursday is a blessed day it's off from work. just a day work. off, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to fucking just, enjoy it. It's a bank holiday. <laughs> it's a bank holiday that I am very grateful for. Yeah. And I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, With turkey. So let's see. Housekeeping. I want to throw out there that mm-hmm. Palestine is still going on. The whole situation there that continues to be. between the two. If we can call it a war, which mm. I'm not sure we really no, can. No, I don't think we can. But that whole nightmare is continuing, so I want to encourage everyone to go to a website called decolonizepalestine.com. That's D-E-C-O-L-O-N-I-Z-E palestine.com, decolonizepalestine.com. It is a website put together by some Palestinian students, mm-hmm. and all of the art is by Palestinian artists, and it uh, goes through the history of Palestine up to the current day, basically from the Ottoman Empire to now, and goes through some myths about the current situation in Palestine mm-hmm. and sort of gives you a Palestinian perspective on that situation. Mm-hmm. And And I think you should be aware of that before you open your mouth on the subject. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, like we we support, honestly, the the innocent Palestinians Mm -hmm. who are being caught in the middle of this horrible situation. I have basically a stepfather who who, now that my father is passed, my stepfather went back to live with his family in Mm -hmm. Bethlehem. And, uh, you know, I'm terribly worried about him and his family yeah we have heard from him we have heard he's he's safe okay for now but but yeah so you know these are human beings we're talking about Mm -hmm. you know and i think sometimes we forget that yeah they get statisticized yeah they get turned into statistics and it's kind of it's made less impactful yeah by the way it's reported and I mean, just not, I mean, to throw it out there as well, there are several other genocides happening yep. simultaneously. There's one in the Congo. There's one in, I think, Sudan. There's, mm-hmm. I think there's some shit still going on in Armenia. Yeah. So, you know, the world sucks and is bad, but one thing at a time. <laughs> one thing at a time. And I do also recommend supporting the three congresswomen who are brilliant. Yes. Uh, AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, is the Palestinian-American congresswoman who was... Censured. censured and Ilhan Omar mm-hmm. um, are all standing up for uh, Palestinians. That's so. right, and the ce- and calling for a ceasefire. Yeah, so um, do tell, what you can. Tell them they're doing a good job. Yeah, <laughs> let them know they're doing a good job. And I they're quite embattled right now. Yeah, and if you have a, opinions about it and feelings about it, you know, write your congressman mm-hmm. or congressperson, I should say. Uh, write the president. Write the vice president. Do what you can. Yep. And uh, L. And the Discord is saying ceasefire doesn't go far enough, but it's a start. Yeah, yep. exactly. I am. A, we're 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 in um, harm reduction right now, and yep. what would reduce harm imminently is a ceasefire. That's so, right. Fingers That's crossed. Right. That fingers crossed. Fucking 
literally any movement can happen on that. It is the That's bare right. fucking minimum. That's right. Okay. So, yep. so we're going to... <laughs> so we are going to wrap up housekeeping. Yeah. That's, I don't think yeah. we have anything else we need to talk about. No. Not at this point. Okay. Then we are house kept and... House swept. Hooray. Huzzah. So we are talking about trials and tribulations. Yes, we are. Um, yeah. I think mostly Ode is talking about <laughs> trials and tribulations. I was like... Uh, okay. I'm not exactly sure how to approach this, so mm-hmm. I'll be the color commentary. I'm sure I'll think of something as we go along. Right. <laughs> um, so I, I approach this topic from a few different perspectives. First of all, just like, this is part of my ongoing quest to sort of not de-positive perspectives on spirituality. Is but, that a word? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but to like, to challenge a sort of prevailing wind of like your spirituality should always be fun and safe and mm-hmm. fulfilling in a in a very um comfortable way mm-hmm. because i think sometimes your spiritual life will be challenging and, and if, uncomfortable and uncomfortable and if you're not prepared to deal with that mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to run into some significant hurdles yeah and i think part of the the problem with that is that you know we have this concept of toxic positivity yeah ran and says bring the toxic positivity back to neutral yeah, yeah yeah it's like you know there are so many people who um you know their lives are just many respects ruined Mm -hmm. when because they put so much focus on everything has to be positive 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 and then they when things in life just happen when you inevitably run out of positive yeah and then it really can be destructive destructive spirit breaking kind of situations and so yeah i think it's very important to understand that you know your life is not always going to be sunshine and roses even if you have this great spiritual path that you're following, you yeah. know? Yeah. You're going to have the valleys you're in the mountains. You're going to have the valleys well. <laughs> in the mountains, yeah. So, one of the things I wanted to talk about was a concept called spiritual distress. Mm. So, this is a subject that is also recognized in the medical field in mm-hmm. a really interesting way. It is when there is a conflict between your spiritual beliefs and the conditions of your life. Yeah. And that's sort of what you were talking yeah. about of like, eventually when shit breaks bad as it will, yeah. if your spiritual beliefs, if your spirituality doesn't have space for that to happen mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. then you will run into a conflict yeah. between what your expectations are and the reality that you're in. Mm-hmm. And that conflict when it is related to your spiritual life it's called spiritual distress mm-hmm. the medical community has done some research on this mostly from a christian perspective although yeah. there is some lip service paid to like if your patient is not a christian talk yeah. to them and their family members about what terminology would be better used right. but yeah it is very prevalent in mm-hmm. the church and i experienced it when i was a christian and i know other people other christians who have experienced it as well because you at least in the churches that i went to you are trained that you have to have you know, if, if everything is good and positive in your life, then mm-hmm. God is blessing you and right. you have enough faith. Right. But if things like illness or job loss right. or, you know, if things start... Conflict. Conflict. Things start happening in your life or in your family's life that are contradictory to this God is good right. all the time, right. all the time. God is good. and Right. What, what, only happened, has your what happened to your blessings? Yeah, what happened to your blessings? And it often comes down to blaming yourself mm-hmm. for not having enough faith. Yeah, for a failure of faith. For a failure of faith. 
not trusting God enough, mm-hmm. and or, it's very destructive. Uh, I know there be. are I know there are some Christians who perceive those things as attacks from the devil. Yeah, yeah. And then if they feel bad about those things, if they don't meet those challenges, mm-hmm. then they are failing a test from the Lord right. effectively. Right. I do think we also see this sometimes, not as much necessarily in polytheistic communities because polytheism tends to have uh, deities who are less all yeah. all benevolent. Yeah. But we do see this in witchcraft communities. Mm. You'll see a lot of people talking about like, well, if you're such a good witch, why are you struggling with yeah. your finances? Why right. are you struggling with your health? Why are exactly. you having these tangible real world problems? just normal everyday shit problems. Why, why are your spells not working? Yeah, exactly. Why why isn't your magic enough to fix all the problems in your life? Why aren't mm-hmm. you living high on the hog and mm-hmm. rich is the devil? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> there is a lot of that. See it especially in, you know, online communities mm-hmm. where, where there's a lot of comparing one to the other. Yeah. There's like a lot in on TikTok and mm-hmm. Instagram and I mean there's a lot of really great stuff on Instagram and in TikTok and in those communities, those magical communities, but there can be a lot of toxicity. Yeah. Uh, in in comparing each other or judging each other because their life isn't reflective of the fact that they're magical. Right. So clearly their magic must be weak because they're struggling with their yeah. with financial situation or yeah. whatever. Or they don't have the job they want. Uh-huh. Which I think some of that is inherited maybe from prosperity gospel. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I think a lot of things because many people come from right. whether it's Christianity or some you, other organized religion, you tend to bring those beliefs even if you don't mean to. Well, and I think even if you don't come from one of those systems, like even even if you were raised agnostic or, yeah. or atheist or something, it's so ingrained in the, just the culture. That's true. Yeah, we do have a lot of, especially the prosperity gospel. Yeah, is it's really very infiltrated, infiltrated sort of every level of society. It really has. And consumers, this, this, and there's this sense of um, it's moral to have money and immoral yes, not to. Yes, in this consumerist belief system. Mm-hmm. It has become very prevalent, so especially think, in this country. Yeah, in uh, in the United States. In the so. United States of America. So I do think that is an influence there. But it yeah, can really yeah. impact your spiritual practice yes, to believe this kind of thing, yes, right? Yes, it can. Because so much of magic is about... Uh-huh. Believing and trusting in your power, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, I, if you're constantly being undercut in this way, or you're mm-hmm. doubting your ability to affect change, mm-hmm. right? More than once, especially over the years since we started doing the podcast, mm-hmm. I'll get you know have gotten some uh, messages from people who are like, you know, I thought I was a witch, but you know, nothing's uh, yeah. working, uh-huh. so I'm just gonna give up, you know, yeah. kind of thing. You know, that's hard because I understand why people think that One, way. You 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 hear a thing mm-hmm. and you see a thing, and you're not able to reconcile, reconcile it. it. Yeah, and, in your and, own life, and even I myself, because because I come from a, a naturally skeptical position, right? Mm-hmm. So I am much more inclined to doubt than faith. Right. Just as a person. Yeah. Um, on any subject. Yeah. So I have definitely had situations where like a spell just doesn't yeah, just doesn't work. work out the way I expected it to mm-hmm. or the result doesn't come in or the result comes in like a year late or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there is definitely a an impulse sometimes to say like, well, why am I doing this then? <laughs> I, yeah. I think what I, is the point? <laughs> I think I had that 
for for many years. I think not so much in the last five or six mm-hmm. years. You're a more mature witch. <laughs> like you like you you've gone through your doubt period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've gone through my doubt period. It was a very extensive one. But I mean I think everybody gets to a point where this, is this working is this working you know or there's been some times you know because like I have medical issues mm-hmm. and and things that come up and I sit there and go why the fuck am I am I sick and you know I'm doing uh-huh. all this do all this health work I do all this then... health work and then you know but that doesn't mean that what I'm doing is wrong it just Genetics. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like there are just some things. Or you lifestyle can't... choices. Right. There's just some I have to I have to own exactly. up to that shit. You, you gotta do the work. You gotta do the <laughs> You gotta do the work, work, you know? I think there's also some of its mindset, right? Yeah. Because if yeah. you get trapped if you trap yourself in this perspective of yeah. well, my magic isn't working because I got sick, right. then you are locking yourself out of the potential mm-hmm. answer of, well, I did this spell for health mm-hmm. and then I got sick. So I went to the doctor and they found out what was wrong with me. Yep. So maybe your spell for health did work, but it did it in a way you weren't expecting. And isn't that <laughs> so often true? I think it really does happen quite a bit in mm-hmm. in spell work is that we are expecting a certain progression. We're, exactly. And we expect sort of the the easy yep. answer. Yep. We're, we're, we expect a certain progression of activity. We expect a certain answer. We mm-hmm. expect our spell to manifest in a particular way. And, and, and usually in the way that's most appealing to most us. Most appealing to us when a lot of times I'm mm-hmm. going to say it, comes about in quite a different way. It does it takes a little longer than you expected or, or it's more difficult than more you expected you, or it manifests in a completely unusual way but mm-hmm. yet it is still answering right it still has the effect and right? it still like has the effect your health is improved because now you're on this new medication right. or your doctor and you are talking about a plan for this problem you just yep. discovered yep. or like, you could have gone on still having this health problem you didn't know about, mm-hmm. but now you know about it and you can address it with your doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The magic isn't going to make your health just... It's not a miracle. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're not, you're not going to be... You're not performing be, miracles. You're not going to be cured instantly <laughs> of all that ails you. Right, right. But, but, I, but your I, health is improved through the... The physical processes of the world. Right. And I do think, though, with... Both Elle says, ain't no spell that can change DNA. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I think that is something that sometimes we bring over with us from other spiritualities yeah. is this concept of miracles. Miraculous healing, Miraculous yeah. healings or miraculous jobs or yeah, miraculous, miraculous wealth. wealth or instant... Instant gratification. Instant gratification for the spells or the whatever it is, that the work we're, that mm-hmm. we're doing, whether we're bringing a lover into our life or whatever. Yeah, yeah like if you... So, so you did a love spell. Yep. And then you break up with your partner, right? Yep. Okay. That's clearing the way for yep. something hopefully better to come along. Because mm-hmm. if you're breaking up with your partner... After you've done a love spell to try to improve your relationship with your partner, mm-hmm. it's probably because your relationship with your partner was already bad. Yeah. Something needed to be changed. Uh-huh. And that was the relationship. Yeah. Like, sometimes it is just the effect you're hoping for is just not a possible effect. Mm-hmm. But you put the magic out there, so it's going to do the best it can. Exactly. And I think it this also comes into play in our spiritual path, whether we're mm-hmm. witches or pagans or Whatever uh, spirituality we happen to have, honestly, I think we have to come at life with a little more realism. Yeah. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And understanding that everything is not always going to be perfect. And sometimes it's just not... And don't punish ourselves for that. Exactly. And sometimes it's just not about you. Yeah. 
Like, sometimes the effect you want just isn't possible because it mm-hmm. would be bad for someone else. Or, yeah. like, I see a lot of people do, like, weather magic. Yeah, you see this yeah. at events all the time of yeah. people being like, no rain, no rain. Especially at, like, outdoor pagan events. Yeah, yeah. And, and then if it rains instead, people are like, oh, we didn't do our rain magic right. And I'm just like... I mean, maybe you did, but it doesn't matter because it needed to rain. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. If it needs to rain, it's going to rain. Get over it. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get soggy and that's okay. Yeah, like just live with it. Just get wet, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not about whether your magic is powerful enough. It's about whether it needs to rain. Mm -hmm. So that's just going to happen. I think there's there's sometimes a a selfishness, a sense of the self as the center of the universe Mm. that can infiltrate our practice as uh, pagans and especially as witches, I think. Mm Because we're using magic to impact processes that are not always directly in our control, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to, to get a little bit of main character syndrome, mm-hmm. and you got to be so vigilant for that. Because none of us are the main character of the world. <laughs> Gee, really? I, I mean, yeah, like, I know that that seems like it should be common sense, but it, I just, it's not for a lot of people. And, and I don't want to sound like I'm... Like I'm saying, oh, I never think of myself as the main character. Everyone does this. Oh, yeah. It's it's part of the function of how consciousness mm-hmm. works, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you are only aware of your own consciousness. You, you can, are the center of your exactly. world. <laughs> you can never be aware of another person's consciousness yeah, yeah. In, a, in any meaningful way. So, yeah, to yourself, you are the center of the world. You, yeah. you have to consciously, regularly, constantly remind mm-hmm. yourself that that is not true. Mm-hmm. And I think... In witchcraft, that is is one of the most critical moments to to do that, mm-hmm. to remember that. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that we don't do weather magic. It doesn't mean that we don't perform spells that we desire to have in our lives. But we oh, do yeah, it with absolutely. conscious do, understanding exactly. of what it is we're doing. Exactly. With the understanding that everything you do is going to have an impact mm-hmm. on a thousand other people in ways you can't even conceive. Like, for instance, weather magic. The, you know, mm-hmm. we may be having the clouds and the rain skirt our event, but mm-hmm. what if it's going over the top of somebody's barbecue exactly. or their or their birthday party, exactly. you know, that they're supposed to be having in their backyard? Yeah. I mean, it and, happens. And it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. And, and when... That fails, mm-hmm. and you get rained on at your event, suck it up. <laughs> You're <laughs> not okay. the main character. It's okay. Yeah, so that's spiritual distress, uh, as well as some Is other it? topics. Some other topics <laughs> thrown in there. No, I think, I think uh, just to ta- touch back on that spiritual distress mm-hmm. idea, is that I, I think it is important to understand that when things do go wrong, mm-hmm. it is not because we have Right, it's not because you've failed. failed. Yeah. And I, this is funny because um, I said, like, <laughs> I want to pull us back from toxic positivity, but actually be a little more positive about this. Like, <laughs> there's the, a balance. Exactly. Like, the problem with toxic positivity is that there's not a balance. Exactly. And so then that's how you slide into the despair of uh-huh. spiritual distress, right? Uh-huh. So you need to build some resiliency there so yeah. you don't experience spiritual distress over what is a fairly normal mm-hmm. failure or surprising uh, outcome from your work. We talk about balance mm-hmm. in, in the craft and in paganism all the time. And this is why. Yeah. We need to have balance and understand what that what that means in our lives so that we don't become overwhelmed either direction. Yeah, exactly. So that we are able to function without going into the depths of despair <laughs> or being so 
right uh you know just so enamored enamored that we're we're losing sight of what's going on around us right of reality of reality <laughs> yeah just because you had a spell that did work doesn't mean every spell will work exactly exactly as you intend forever <laughs> Exactly. And if you if you get caught in that mindset mm-hmm. of positive, positive, everything's got to be perfect, perfect and good, then when it isn't, which it inevitably, inevitably is, then you're you're bound to have uh, this distress. Yeah. And so it's the the goal is to find that balance yep. so that whichever way things happen, you're able to cope with it yeah. in a more healthy way. Try not to have the, the peaks and the troughs be yeah. quite so deep and yeah. tall. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be, they're going to yeah. be. They're, it, that's natural. That's natural. But try to, try to level them out a little. Yeah. Just level them out a little and understand that, you know, you are going to get to the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to stay in this mode Exactly. Forever. Exactly. Thanks to our tiger Solanox for introducing us to Weavers of the Web, an interfaith pagan ATC, Aquarian Tabernacle Church, organization based in Lansing, Michigan. Weavers of the Web is a public Wiccan church that aims to be family-friendly, supportive, and informative with the goal of ensuring that no one ever need be alone in their spiritual needs. Weavers is currently raising funds for the down payment on a property which would allow them to expand their current network of resources, including dedicated community space, a permanent home for a Pagans in Need pantry, and a lending library. Join them online or in person for regular events, including rituals and discussion groups at weaversoftheweb.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash weaversatc. Hail Dictinus! Hail Dictinus. So the original concept for this episode was pain and fear. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Kind of got off track there. Yeah. So some of the other topics I looked up, I looked into the mortification of the flesh. (laughs) Yes, that is where when we started talking about this episode, I was like, okay. (laughs) I have no no frame of reference for that. Yeah, but I did some research and it was really interesting. (laughs) No, it is interesting. I have looked into it in the past Mm -hmm. and I've watched some documentaries Uh on uh, different uh, religious organizations, Mm -hmm. uh, usually Christian. Not Um, always. No, but the ones that I've seen. The modern ones tend to be christian and uh where they the mortification of the flesh where they're flagellation flagellation and basically beating themselves in some way or other to i guess to there are a variety of reasons yeah quick warning that if you are sensitive to topics relating to Mm self-harm you might not want to listen to this yes turn Um, away now yeah so we're going to be talking about uh the mortification of the flesh including self inflicted mortification Mm -hmm. Um, that can include flogging it can include fasting it can include other forms of some kind of injury to the body Mm -hmm. and i know people don't think of fasting as an injury to the body but it depends on the level of fasting that people use yeah and any fasting beyond like medical fasting um qualifies as some kind of mortification of the Mm -hmm. flesh it is especially if performed for a ritual purpose yeah um, it is serving to impact the body in mm-hmm. a physically difficult manner. So the first thing to understand about um, the mortification of the flesh is that it can have a relationship to self-harm. Yeah. Personally, my position is that if you are inclined to self-harm mm-hmm. on a psychological level, yeah. then you should probably not partake in these kinds of practices. Yeah, the rituals or whatever they may be. Yeah, unless you can do so under extremely strict supervision, Mm -hmm. and unless you are confident you can do so purely for ritual purposes. Yeah. 
which is also related to the need for strict supervision. Um, right. You like, would have to have a spotter, basically. Exactly. Um, you should always Somebody, have a spotter yeah. for this kind of activity oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And in most modern practices, you do. do. It's not mm-hmm. the kind of thing that is undertaken solo. No, um, it shouldn't be. Yeah, no, and it shouldn't be. But if you are inclined towards self-harm on a psychological level, um, it is probably not appropriate or useful for you mm-hmm. in a ritual perspective. Like I have a history of self-harm, so it is not appropriate Mm-mm. for me to undertake that kind of ritual task. Mm-hmm. It is not appropriate for me to hurt myself in some way for the gods because it wouldn't be for them. Right. Right. Um, my own psychology, my own desires would get in the mixed way. up in it yeah. and would complicate so like so it wouldn't be a good sacrifice right because mm-hmm. a lot of the times things like mortification of the right. flesh are about sacrifice, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. so if you have an issue of self-harm in your psyche this is probably not appropriate for you mm-hmm. and like i said right there with you it is not appropriate for me <laughs> nor me and i'm not a i've never had that history mm-hmm. for myself but i know you just know for this myself, about yourself i know yeah. this about myself it would not be appropriate for me l says that is an excellent point about self-harm not being a good sacrifice and I thank you for it. Yeah, I mean, it's it, this is something I had to square with myself pretty mm-hmm. early on was was I willing and able to do any of this kind of work? Because there are some uh, heathen communities where fasting to various mm-hmm. degrees is, is used for one reason or another. And I had to conclude to just no, it's mm-hmm. just not appropriate for me to do. Mm-hmm. It would not be a sacrifice I could give to my gods because mm-hmm. of the whole psychology of it. Right. <laughs> uh, and consequently, it's not something my gods have ever asked of me. Mm-hmm. Um, That is an understanding we have. But there are a variety of reasons that if you don't have this self-harm thing in your brain, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you Mm -hmm. haven't ever flipped that switch in yourself, Mm -hmm. um, there are a variety of reasons that you might pursue something like fasting or Mm -hmm. uh, self-flagellation or something like that. Mm -hmm. It can be for purification. That's the reason it's usually done in modern Christian contexts Mm -hmm. uh, is to to purify the flesh in some way by causing pain. But also, and by purifying the flesh, it draws you closer to God. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's generally the goal of purification. Yeah. yeah. It can also be a reenactment of harm to the divinity. Yes. So lot, that's often. That's another reason you see this happening a lot in Christian, um, especially older, like early church mm-hmm. practices where it was to reenact the wounds that Christ right. endured. Think, yeah. I think that's more, you find that more especially in uh, other countries that are predominantly Roman Catholic mm-hmm. or have a Catholic element yeah. to their to their like religion. Like Opus Dei yeah. does, does um, self-flagellation. Yeah, so there, if there's a that kind of uh, walking through the Stations of the Cross yeah. kind of concept. And they tend to be very um, traditional sects yeah. that, that um, engage in this kind of activity. Yeah. And usually it's not something that a layperson does. It is something you do if you are some kind of a monk or a penitent. Mm-hmm. If you have like a very strong devotional religious relationship, right. it is not something that the average layperson does. No. And like I said, usually it is done with a second person, uh, a mentor who teaches you how to do it and who watches to make sure you don't overdo it. Mm-hmm. But there are other reasons you can do it. Um, there's repentance. Yep. So it's basically punishing yourself 
yeah. for for a crime so some or, or a sin of some mm-hmm. kind, a failure to to uphold a divine mandate. Mm-hmm. It can also be about the denial or control of the body, so mm-hmm. it's related to asceticism in that way. Yeah, and there's um, I know that there are Buddhist sects mm-hmm. and Hindu sects, yeah, and that engage like that. in this kind of control yeah, of the body, the like control very of the rigid, body. especially if they're the priestly mm-hmm. uh, sects and the priestly orders of those of those religions. And you find that bunch of different, yeah, a bunch uh, of different, bunch um, of religious, different communities. religious communities, yeah. where they where, yeah, and have usually, that, <clears throat> they have a strict, strong control over their body. And usually, it's in a a religious paradigm where the body and the spirit are sort of separated. Right. So you don't see this as much in a pagan context because most pagan religious paradigms see the body and the spirit as being more overlapping mm-hmm. or closely mm-hmm. entwined, mm-hmm. or even as a single thing. Yeah, it's really kind of a gnostic in mm-hmm. as far as like. In Christianity, it was a Gnostic concept mm. that the body uh, was not it was in, gross matter was yeah. gross matter and not important. Mm-hmm. It was the spirit that mattered, and yeah. so and so you, controlling or controlling, denying, denying the body yeah. was a way to focus emphasis on the spirit. Yeah. yeah, and then there are also some mortification rituals that are undertaken as initiations. Mm-hmm. Um, you see this even in secular contexts with like hazing. Yes, right. Yes. Um, or you see this sometimes in gangs mm. where to join the group, you have to get beat up. <laughs> right, right. Go through a gauntlet. Exactly. Yeah. Survive something Survive difficult. Survive something difficult. Yeah. And usually physically painful. Yeah. But there are, even though like most, like I said, modern mortification rituals are related to uh, one of the big three, Christianity, Judaism, mm-hmm. or Islam, mm-hmm. you do see it, uh, at, like Mom mentioned, uh, with some Buddhist sects. And mm-hmm. there are some historical pagan mortification rituals um, mm-hmm. from antiquity. So like there was Lupercalia, mm, yeah. which involved a couple of different elements. But one of them was that the youths who were about to sprint around like wild beasts for mm-hmm. celebrating Lupercalia would cut strips of leather from the hide of a a recently sacrificed goat, and run around whipping people with it. Okay. Um, and women who wanted to have children would intentionally put themselves in the way and stick their hands out so that they could get smacked Slap. on the palm with the leather uh-huh. strap. The leather strap, out of a belief that that would increase their fertility. Okay. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an instance of self-flagellation, but no. it is a um, and a concept that yeah, that this brief pain yeah. will bring fertility. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. And then there is the dia sanguinis, mm. which is a ritual festival. Actually, it was multiple days. In celebration of Cybele, this is also a Roman. Yeah. And the Galli, who were the priests of Cybele and Attis, her consort, would um, self-flagellate and castrate themselves. Yikes. On the Dies Sanguinis, or the Day of Blood. Oh my. Yeah, because all of the all of the Galli were eunuchs. Yeah. So yeah. On, on you had to be very ex- committed. Yeah. So on the Day of Blood, <laughs> you would, if you had not already, castrate yourself. Um, God, and, I can't even imagine. And whip yourself bloody. And then there was a day of rest after that. And then there was a day of revelry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. They probably had to get high to get over the pain. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a good point. Something else to note about um, mortification practices is that it can be a, a consciousness altering uh, practice. Yes. So there is such a thing as an, uh, it's called an endogenous opiate mm-hmm. or 
an opiate effect that is um, produced by the body mm -hmm. um, internally rather than anything that is externally induced. This is sort of related to something called subspace, mm -hmm. which um, is part of the BDSM community, right. mm -hmm. where a submissive or a masochist who is undergoing some kind of pain or difficulty um, induced by a dominant or mm -hmm. a sadist uh, enters a sort of altered consciousness called mm -hmm. subspace mm -hmm. where the pain is, the, the feeling of pain is reduced. Right. And you enter this sort of floaty, yeah. almost euphoric or almost similar to a trance state, yeah. honestly. Yeah. This different kind of consciousness. Yeah, you've altered. Yeah, you've altered your altered consciousness. Your consciousness. Um, and this is why things like aftercare are very important because mm -hmm. part of it involves coming out of that altered consciousness, mm -hmm. grounding effectively. Yeah, yeah. But so if you engage in a mortification of the flesh in a ritual context, you are altering your consciousness mm -hmm. if you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. well, and that can be the case even for very painful mortifications, mm -hmm. like whipping yourself until you bleed. Right. Right. Um, there have been a lot of cases of people reporting that they have engaged in self-flagellation, but not felt the pain of it. Right, right. Because um, they've entered that state. Because they've altered their consciousness. Well, I, I participated in a ritual a number of years ago that was basically you induced a euphoric state mm -hmm. by um, movement, through movement. Yeah, yep. But it was not, I mean, it was like you were... Heavy. heavy. Yeah. It wasn't just <laughs> dancing. It yeah. was heavy rocking back and forth and whipping your body around and it it was a kind of physical punishment i mm -hmm. guess you could say if you weren't especially if you weren't used to that kind of fast yeah, that kind of physical physical activity, activity yeah. until you finally got to a sp a space of uh, euphoria mm -hmm. or a trance like state yep yeah it i i never really thought of it as that but but yeah i can see where it would be it's not like self-flagellation, but it is a a physical, I, how I, you would describe it. I wonder if it, um, because your body is ultimately a very simple animal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder if it inspires the same kind of like adrenaline and endorphin rushes yeah. you get from, like if your body's like, oh, I'm being chased by a predator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quick, and, flood a bunch of chemicals. Yeah, and the, the thought is you move so hard and so fast mm -hmm. and so long. Yeah. That eventually your your body gets exhausted, yeah, and your brain switches and your to brain a different mode. Switches to this uh, euphoric mode. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's that kind of a concept. Uh, L says some folks get that euphoria from tattoos as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So a tattoo can be a kind of mortification of mm -hmm. the flesh. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely, because it can be physically painful depending on depending especially on where, depending on where mm -hmm. and what your pain tolerance is and how long the process mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, some some tattoos take a long take time. a long damn time. Mm -hmm. Um, Rannon says, definitely why I'd say mortification really shouldn't be done as a solo thing other yeah. than like maybe really small things like some kinds of bloodletting, but like that's a whole nother topic too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, mortification, especially like significant mortification of the flesh should only be undertaken, I believe, with a trusted mentor figure yes. who can spot you and mm -hmm. make sure you're not going overboard mm -hmm. and ensure that you you stay within um, the limits that you have set for yourself and that they have set for you. Yeah. Like in the, the experience that I was uh, commenting about, mm -hmm. it was, you know, it was a group of people we were, mm -hmm. but there were people who were in charge of making yeah. sure those watching participating yeah. were watching. And then, you know, they did 
help bring us down, exactly. bring in, ground us. Yeah. There we, should, I believe, be aftercare for any yeah, kind of yeah. mortification. There of the was, you know, there were, uh, you know, juice and cookies uh-huh, or whatever yeah. it was at the end and a chance to talk mm-hmm. about your experience. Yeah. You should absolutely talk through any kind of so it's mortification. funny. I had never yeah. thought of, of that experience as, yeah, a, as a mortification. As a, as a kind of, the, of mortification. But yeah. it was. It was. Yeah. It, it wasn't like painful. No. But it was exhausting. It was exhausting. And that yeah. inducing that exhaustion is a kind yeah. of mortification. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it's painful the next day. Right. It's, pa- it's painful after. It's painful <laughs> it's delayed after. pain. Yes. <laughs> then your body's going, oh my God, what, what did, did you, you do? do? You fool. <laughs> All yeah. the muscles hurt. All the muscles, <laughs> the joints. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, it was a very interesting experience. Yeah. So and and I had never put it in that context. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting perspective. I hadn't thought about that either. But yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think if you're inducing exhaustion in that way, mm-hmm. and you could do the same thing by denial of sleep. Yeah. That's another way that you can do it that mm-hmm. uh, that I have not mentioned yet. But um, denial of sleep is another way mm-hmm. that you can alter your consciousness, mm-hmm. and then that would qualify as a mortification of the flesh. And you definitely have to be careful with all of these. Yes, <laughs> because they're altering your, your consciousness. You're altering your consciousness. Um, and that can exacerbate any mental mm-hmm. health issues that you have. Or physical health issues. Or physical issues. health issues that you have. And that's another reason that you need a spotter. You mm-hmm. should probably consult with your health team yeah. are before you, you undergo any kind of task like this. Exactly. Are you physically Yes, are you physically capable? able to yeah. do something like this. Like Gwen is diabetic. She absolutely <laughs> should not fast. Nope. <laughs> not a good choice for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's just not, not a good an, that's just physically not, not an not option. Not physically an option. <laughs> so, yeah, so like sometimes it's not a good choice for you physically, sometimes it's not a good choice for you mentally, sometimes it's not a good choice for you spiritually. You need to get checks on all three of those, yeah. mm-hmm. not just in yourself, but f- with yeah. from a- outside authorities yeah. before you move ahead with this kind of thing. But exactly. if you are clear to move ahead with this kind of thing, and if you have a trusted mentor, it could be uh, an, an interesting addition to your spiritual life, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly mm-hmm. it could be. If you're called to do that kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And absolutely never feel like you have to. No, no. But no. at the same time, I want people who do feel called to do this to feel welcome to talk about it. Like, yeah, I yeah. think there's sometimes a shame in this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or like an anxiety about bringing it up and being weird mm-hmm. or or triggering people, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. like, I, like I said, this is yeah. a topic that can be triggering. I, I don't want people who feel called to do this kind of work to feel like they have to keep it hidden. Rhiannon mm-hmm. mm-hmm. says, honestly, even if it's just the smaller things you want to get into, or if it's just you and like one or two other people in your group, find the freaks in your town. Damn near everyone will have some kind of BDSM group near them, if not a proper club. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, every time I've interacted with any, they are pretty much always down to help people learn more about the pleasures and pains of the flesh and how to do them properly. Yeah. properly. Yes. And that's the most important Absolutely. thing. Um, I was going to bring this up with the next topic, which is ordeals, but absolutely, you should be engaging with your local BDSM community if you have any interest in doing any of this kind of work, any kind of mortification, any Mm -hmm. kind of ordeal, Mm -hmm. any kind of intentionally induced distress, you should talk to your BDSM community and get the rundown on rack from them. Yeah. um, Risk aware consensual kink. Yeah. And that's assuming that they are practicing the BDSM that is appropriate, I guess, or has. Most BDSM communities are going to be practicing risk aware consensual kink. Yes. I don't. Don't go by the, by the fan fiction. (laughs) Yeah. I, I wouldn't, honestly, frankly, I wouldn't even worry too much about that. Like (laughs) most BDSM communities 
that are that are like intact yeah. are being run by people who know what are, they're doing. Risk aware. Yeah. The ones that are full of creeps tend to fall apart. Yeah. Talk to and engage with the the BDSM community in your mm-hmm. area. Those are the people who are going to be best able to help you navigate both the the ethics mm-hmm. of risk aware consensual kink and how to navigate it safely. How, how to navigate it safely and also just the practical steps of yeah. physically. How do you do this? How do you do this? How do you how do you recover? Uh-huh. How do you safely whip someone? Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that's a thing you have to learn how to do. And how do you care for exactly. someone? Uh if uh, if you are being asked to spot yeah, to be someone, someone spotter. How, Although, how do you make sure that, you know, and I, don't do it if you don't know what the hell you're I, doing. I, yeah, that's what I would say. Like, absolutely do not be someone As an amateur. Spotter <laughs> if you are an amateur. Yeah. Talk, get a person from the BDSM community to, mm-hmm. to be your, your yeah. spotter if necessary. As, like As Rhiannon says, whether sexual or religious in nature, you got to learn how to do it fucking properly. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of BDSM communities will put on, like, classes and stuff like that, oh, yeah. especially if you live in a bigger city. Yeah. Um, you can, you can find classes on, like, how to do shibari, how to whip mm-hmm. someone, how to, like, like you can mm-hmm. find classes on this shit. I promise you they're out there. Yeah. It might yeah. be embarrassing, but if you are going to do this for a ritual reason, you cannot afford to be squeamish about it. Go exactly. talk to the BDSM community. Yeah. Want to read a diverse and inclusive fantasy that's pagan friendly? Check out Arrow's Flight by M.B. Strang. Arrow's Flight, an unknown menace, moves through the polite society of Pearl's Holding. If not caught in time, it will bring down not just the hallowed Knights of the Pearl Order, but also everyone who lives and works with them. The answer lies with a young woman of mysterious origins whose life has been touched by tragedy. To fulfill her potential, she must confront her past and discover a future more amazing than she'd ever imagined and find the inner strength to fly. She's not alone. A handful of knights, a hearth mage, and their magical companions all test their physical and magical limits to make things right before it's too late. Otherwise, dark forces will overtake the knights for good. Go to mbstrang.com for details on ordering your copy now. Scroll down to the bottom of the main page to sign up for the newsletter and receive a free story. Hail Dictinus. Rhiannon says, online classes do exist too for things like Shibari and how to whip someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just on porn sites, but in-person is definitely best. Yeah, there's there's just there's just no substitute, I think, probably for in-person correction. Yeah. Sort of yeah. like when you're doing yoga, right? Like you can yeah. learn oh, to yeah. do yoga online, but it's much so much easier if you have an instructor there like physically telling you like, nope, your shoulders are too high. <laughs> yeah, or dance or uh-huh. any, anything yeah. that you're going to be doing like that is always better to yeah. have someone who's there. Yeah, like Cuckoo. Who can just like fix your posture just gently nudge you like yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh we used to go to a, a yoga instructor um mm-hmm. in town for a while for a few months and it was very helpful to just very have helpful. her like just have her hands gently push mm-hmm. your shoulders down and <laughs> do recommend if you can do it in person that's the way to do it that's right someday uh-huh. that's the dream yep we'll get back to doing <laughs> in-person yoga someday that's all right. right oh so ordeals are another thing to talk about so an ordeal is any kind of challenge does that include fire walking yeah stuff like that too yeah Yeah. um it's not uh, the the thing with an ordeal is that it's not necessarily a physical trial Mm. it's just a a challenging trial of some kind Um, specifically in this context it related to your spiritual life right Mm -hmm. so any ordeal that you can or that you have to um surpass Mm. and the, the thing with an ordeal is that it must be testing and transformative, Mm. right? 
So, like, it's not just an ordeal for the sake of an ordeal. You come out better at the end. Yeah, or different. Of, or different the, at the, the end. Yeah, the point... Maybe of, release something. Yeah, or learn something, or fundamentally change yourself in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, transformation, you know, yeah, any yeah. anything you would consider a transformative process mm-hmm. um, can be the desired outcome of an ordeal. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with ordeals also is that you can fail an ordeal. Don't endure it, or if mm-hmm. you endure it but wrong, and you don't transform at the end, right? Oh, like, no. if you don't learn whatever you need to learn or right. if it doesn't hit right, you it is possible to fail an ordeal. It is not a guaranteed, like, you do this once and you're done. The thing with ordeals being testing and transformative means mm-hmm. it is not just when a random bad thing happens to you. Right. Losing your job is not necessarily a spiritual ordeal. Right. It could just be that you lost your job. Right. Right. Unless losing your job and overcoming that trial is mm-hmm. going to fundamentally change you in some way. Mm-hmm. And unless that ordeal was initiated for you by a god, mm-hmm. it is probably not an ordeal. Just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and learning to recognize that distinction, right. super important. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise you're trivializing the ordeal. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you're over-dramatizing your life. You're you're uh, falling a little back, back into that main character syndrome. Right, right. Of like, everything that happens to me must be a spiritual ordeal. <laughs> no, sometimes shit just happens. Sometimes shit just happens. <laughs> and even sometimes, like, like sometimes we talk about like, ooh, I'm in tower time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, it's a tower moment in my life. Everything's collapsing. Even that may not be an ordeal. Right. It, unless you, unless it is something that is designed to transform you right like if it transforms you by accident that's great but it's also not an ordeal right so uh ordeals are intentional on someone's behalf they might be put on by human beings or Mm -hmm. they might be put on by the gods but someone set that shit up on purpose right that's an important um feature of an ordeal the other thing is that an ordeal especially the kind that is human managed Mm -hmm. comes with a lot of risk of ritual abuse right that you do have to watch out for yeah um because when you undergo some kind of ordeal trial in a ritual context that is very much putting you in the power um and under the influence Mm -hmm. of a a ritual leader Mm -hmm. and anytime you do that and and the same thing can happen with the the spotters we're talking about um, Mm -hmm. in uh, mortification of the flesh anytime you put yourself in someone's power while you're in an altered state Mm -hmm. you have to be very confident of your trust in this person if you have any doubts about whether you can trust this person with your physical mental emotional and spiritual well-being you should not be undergoing an ordeal with them Mm -mm. if other people in your life who know this person are telling you like maybe don't Mm -hmm. you probably should not go undergo an ordeal with this person that like that is a it's a huge responsibility it should never be undertaken lightly and you're going to need to do a lot of check-ins on yourself to make sure that you are comfortable with what is happening not the thing with an ordeal right is that it's supposed to be uncomfortable right it's going to suck but it should be uncomfortable in ways you are prepared for right. in some way, right? Like, because it's a, an intentional thing. Yeah. If it is making you uncomfortable in a way you were not prepared to deal with, tap out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that means you fail the ordeal, so be so it. So be it. Like, if you are supposed to have an ordeal of physical pain and your ritual leader brings sex into it, yeah. tap out. <laughs> that is not 
what is supposed to be happening right now, so it is time to GTFO. Mm-hmm. You can try a new ordeal some other time. So, yeah, that's this is a thing you have to be very, very, very careful of anytime you engage in this kind of space because there is so much room for potential bad actors. Right. And on that note, we got to talk about the Kraskova Caldera problem. Okay. In uh, ordeals. Unfortunately, a lot of the shit that is currently available written about ordeals is written by Galena Kraskova or Raven Caldera in the heathen adjacent area. Neither of those people you should listen to. Mm-hmm. There have been allegations of all kinds of shit with both of them. Kraskova is a crypto fascist and Raven Caldera has a whole bunch of accusations of abuse against them. So unfortunately, there's not a lot of written resources uh, out there for this mm-hmm. because most of it comes from those people who are certified bad news or from some of their students. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing you have to look up. So anytime you find someone writing about ordeals, make sure they don't some one way or another lead back to Kraskova or Caldera. Again, uh, adjacent to the ritual abuse issue, you have to make sure that the people you are trusting with this are people who not only you trust but who have not had like a whole bunch of accusations leveled against them by the wider community right do your research do your research and it's about caring for yourself and caring for others who may be doing this stuff with you as exactly well. yeah yeah because you don't want to lead someone else yeah. into this situation exactly. where it is it you know gonna be bad yeah exactly uh, even if it wasn't bad for you it could be bad for someone else right mm-hmm. and there are definitely actors out there bad actors mm-hmm. who just are more interested in what they get out of it than what you need mm-hmm. so that's unfortunately part of it yeah that's where, again, you go into that risk-aware consensual kink. Apply that to your spiritual life just as you would apply it to a BDSM relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, or even just scene. Mm-hmm. But there are there is a long history of ordeals in um, spiritual practices. So, like, um, there are a lot of spirit worker traditions mm-hmm. where to even become a spirit worker, you have to nearly die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, the spirits will make you sick. Or they will cause you some kind of significant injury and you will be, like, on the brink of death for multiple days usually. And if you survive it, you get to be a spirit worker. Mm-hmm. In fact, you not just get to be a spirit worker, you have to be. You have been called to this to this task. That is not necessarily a prerequisite for any kind of spirit work, but it is a prerequisite for certain traditions. Mm-hmm. Usually that is not a human-initiated kind of ordeal. It is something the spirits do to you um, to force you to work with them. Mm -hmm. That kind of severe sickness or injury is absolutely falls under the ordeal category. Right. Often, but not exclusively, um, spiritual ordeals are initiatory. Right. So like, or they're mysteries. Mm -hmm. So like there's some suggestion that the illusion. Yeah. Illusion. Illusion. Um, mysteries may have been an ordeal of some kind. Yeah. They don't know exactly because the, a lot of, well, so yeah, there's, the, the there records were mysteries. <laughs> are they're mysteries and they were not recorded. Exactly. I know there are traditions that are uh, trying to recreate mm-hmm. the Eleusinian uh, mysteries, but even they, yeah, you know. It's, it's best guess. It's best guess. But we do know there was like a descent into yeah. the darkness. Mm-hmm. And that in itself can be an ordeal. Yeah. Even if you're not like afraid of the dark. Um, mm-hmm. In that kind of total darkness, we know has mm-hmm. an effect on the human brain. Mm-hmm. It changes your perceptions. Mm-hmm. So again, we're looking at that sort of altering consciousnesses. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. And so ordeals very much, again, alter, alter the consciousness. And that's part of the transformation process. It may not involve physical pain, like the Eleusinian mysteries probably didn't involve physical pain, or at least we've never heard anything that suggests no, they did. there's not a suggestion. There's the suggestion of possibly um, imbibing a hallucinogenic. Exactly. So an ordeal may also involve, it, it may be a psychological ordeal mm-hmm. or an emotional ordeal. There's some possibilities that it could also be like that that ritual uh, physically. Yeah, ecstatic. You know, ecstatic yeah, kind so, of movement. So exhaustion. Yeah. Uh, it can be an ordeal that induces fear mm-hmm. so that you have to overcome some something that you are afraid yeah. of, right? So it may be something that is not like a physical danger to you, but that you have, like like Gwyn has uh, arachnophobia, right? Mm-hmm. So an ordeal for you might be to overcome a fear of spiders, right? Yeah, and that ain't happening. No, uh, we can just say that. You <laughs> just know say that. that right up, but, no, right but, up front. Okay, but like you also have a fear of snakes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, snakes are associated with Hakati. Mm-hmm. So a hypothetical ordeal for you if it was asked of you and if you were willing to undertake it, could be forcing you to engage with a snake in an aspect as one of Hecate's symbols. I have had to do that in a, um, not in a physical kind of way, but mm-hmm. in a spiritual and astral kind of way. Yeah. 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 And so like, was that an ordeal? <laughs> yes, you it, was. it was. <laughs> How did it go? <laughs> it, well, I've gotten to the point now where I, you know, I accept that serpents mm-hmm. and snakes are part of Hecate's, uh, her wheelhouse. Her wheelhouse. <laughs> and it doesn't completely freak me out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you're getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. So it wasn't a completely transformative art ordeal. No, and it's probably got, it's some more work to be done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I've, uh, I have been working on that from a spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. There's also in Hakati, uh, Hakatian uh, witchcraft, there is the concept of going into her cave mm-hmm. to have a, a spiritual ordeal right. for uh, to reclaim your soul right. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. so uh, an ordeal can be a purely spiritual experience. Yeah. So far, that's what mine have been. Mm-hmm. So, or And it can just be some other kind of struggle that transforms you, right? Right. right. An ordeal is something transformative, some kind of transformative mm-hmm. experience in which you have to struggle to yeah. overcome something. And when it's, uh, you know, whether it's an astral or um, some kind of using meditation Right. for for that trance. kind of trance ordeal a lot of times what you're dealing with is an emotional release um, and an emotional uncovering right. of what it is that you have to face whatever fear or thing it is that you're facing and have to deal with it and let it go or accept it as part of yourself right. or, or whatever whatever the intended effect whatever of the intended is. effect is and then yeah if it it may be a spiritual pain rather than a physical pain right. but it i think it classifies yeah and it is again possible to fail yes you can fuck that up. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm still working on the snakes. Uh-huh, exactly. Clearly Gwen has not yet passed her snake trial. I'm still working on the snakes. <laughs> so that ordeal is ongoing. It apparently. is. It is. <laughs> Any of those cases, I do want to emphasize that it's okay to fail the ordeal. Yes. Like if you are just not ready to get through it, mm-hmm. you just won't. Yeah. That's not a... That shouldn't be a source of shame. Nope. I think it's just it's just natural to fail until you are prepared to succeed, I guess. I've been, I've been working with Hakati for four years yeah, and we're still, still working on still it. Still working so. on snakes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think just it's easy to feel like you have to pass this test the first time. Yeah. Um, because that's sort of how our test culture has taught us. But mm-hmm. you, you don't have to pass the test the first time. Usually the test is still going to be waiting for you. Yep. Next time you come it'll, around. It'll come around. <laughs> it'll come around again. Uh-huh. 
So, but that's all I have, I think, for ordeals. Mm-hmm. Rannon says, Ugh, that's just further cementing that, that they were trying to make me confront astral or heavy trance stuff as more of an ordeal rather than just being fancy. Had to give up on it, though, because of it being too mentally taxing, plus my appendix trying to murder me. Guess we'll see when it comes back around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sometimes it's just not the right time mm-hmm. for you to pursue something. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it, it's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to Sometimes be... you have too much other shit going on. Yep. Or it's something that you're going to be taking care of in steps. Stages. In yeah. stages. Where you have to sort of build up to Different it. levels of working through something yeah. that ultimately, once you get to the end of the mm-hmm. ordeal, you will have that transformational experience. Yeah, the, the ordeal doesn't have to be like one big no. dramatic event. No, it can be multiple events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's another, another thing that the BDSM community can definitely mm-hmm. teach you. Like, mm-hmm. you want to have, you want to get to X result? Okay, here are all the steps you're going to need to take to, to prepare yourself for X result. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess this episode is turning into the talk to the BDSM people <laughs> in your life. Um, but they're definitely going to be your best resource for this. Because, like I said, a lot of the, unfortunately, a lot of the resources yeah. that are available from a pagan context are coming from bad actors. Mm-hmm. So... Got to be careful. Find the the secular BDSM people and consult them and just recontextualize that for a spiritual purpose. There you go. <laughs> so I think that's all I have. Do you yep. have anything else? Nope. Okay. Then you can find us online if you use the search engine of your choice to search the number three and the words pagans and a cat or the number three and the letters P-A-A-C. You can find us online at the number three pagansandacat.com where we have links to all the things we do including our Patreon, where you can help support us, Gwen's Patheos Pagan blog, where she uploads two blog posts a month. We also have a services tab where you can commission Gwen or I to do tarot readings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's all the things that are... Oh, we have a Redbubble mm-hmm. that no one uses. Uh, <laughs> but um, if you do, you could get a, a yeah, shirt get designed a, by Ode. A shirt or a mug or whatever. <laughs> I think I got our little our stuff on all the things. I'm on the TikToks. Uh, Gwen is on the TikToks where she is currently doing a little series. Uh, I think it's mostly done. I'll have Are to you have done with you it? go. I think so. Okay. I'll, um, I'll have you review it for okay. me. See well, if we can think anything to add well, to she it. She recently did a little series on the basics of spellcraft. <laughs> you want to go check that out. And where she constantly... Uh, updates people on things she thinks are funny or interesting. Mm -hmm. I think that's everything. Is that everything? Yeah, I think that's everything. Okay. Then, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.